feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. I've seen an improvement in the squad I've seen an improvement in the team I've seen an improvement on the pitch which is really important for us so we just have to keep improving that's what we're aiming to do like any Austrian team good physically strong but good technique as well dangerous in, in certain areas of the pitch we set up to try and nullify that but we, we want to be on the front foot as well we want to make sure that we cause them a lot of problems which I think we can The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited hosted by Paul Cooney Mark Weedy and Chris Burke Call now and voice your opinion 0808 17 17 700 Let's go So Chris Burke scores at the weekend for Kilmarnock in their first win after Tommy Wright under Tommy Wright and uh, part of the bonus Chris you're back with us on the Go Radio Football Show it's great to see you back in the studio I'm glad to be back guys I'm loving it back in here you know it's been a while but yeah you're right in saying that I score a goal and I'm allowed back in here to, to talk nonsense and look what he's wearing Mark Guidi he's got the Scotland cap he's got seven caps he's brought one of them one for each of us <laughs> and the whole team here great to see the former Scotland star the Kelly star with us because a big night tonight uh, the waiting is over it's World Cup campaign could we make it two campaign successes in a row yeah, opening game against Austria at Hamden tonight, Paul. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, Austria are a quality team, some very good players on their side. And if Steve Clark and these boys are to get a result tonight, they're going to have to be at their very best. What do you think? Give us a call 0808 17 17 700. We're going to speak to an Austrian journalist. Tom Midler will join us in about half an hour's time. And in the second hour, the voice of football, Scotland's top commentator, our own Rob McLean, will call us with the teams first live. I'm sure what Stevie Clark will hand it to him first. Is that what happens, Mark? Oh Rob, yeah, Rob yeah. Rob, Rob, Rob's right in the spot. He'll just be hanging about outside the dressing room just now. So we'll have them about <laughs> half seven. <laughs> no, Rob will be on first with the teams uh, this evening. The other big news is that yep, Scott Brown has signed a pre-contract two-year deal at Petodre. The Celtic captain of fourteen years, unprecedented success. He's out the door in a matter of weeks. What do you think, Chris Burke? First, when I heard it today, was shock. You know, I'm shocked. You know, for a man that's done so much at Celtic you know 10 league titles you know over 600 appearances for me I think borderline irreplaceable on the pitch and I also think you know irreplaceable you know off the pitch because he's such a leader a role model um, in in the sense of a quiet leader and he lets everybody else talk about him He's got respect everywhere in the game, hasn't he? And look at the way he played, just for example, at the weekend. Mark, arguably the best player on the pitch against Rangers. He was the best player on the pitch, right. Bolt. He was. And uh, I can't believe Celtic um, are letting them go. Great signing for Aberdeen. Mm. But for Celtic, um, last season, last summer, they messed up with the goalkeeping situation that I think ultimately you know, played a huge part in costing them the title, costing them 10 in a row, this decision not to keep Scott Brown could have the same catastrophic consequences moving forward for the new manager and the club 
next season this is a massive blow this should not have been allowed to happen do you think that uh, the discussions about what's going to happen next? I see the bookies have, some of them have closed the book on Roy Keane, the former Man United star, the amazing legend, short time he had at Celtic, that uh, he seems to be the favourite by yeah. far. Um, have conversations happened? It's unimaginable that Scott Brown wouldn't be consulted about the future. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one, Paul. I, mean, I think I said in the show on Monday night, I think Roy Keane's favourite for the job. Uh, I still think that's the case. I think Enzo Maresca is the only other one. Mm. Um, although, as I said, he is highly rated within the Manchester City group and he's been lined up to take over as a Girona manager um, next season. Um, so I think it leaves it open for Roy Keane. And not unless it's well down the road with Roy Keane and there's been something going on behind the scenes with regards to Scott Brown. But I'm absolutely taken aback that Scott Brown has made this decision um, without knowing what's going on at Celtic. So not unless he does. He said his card mark he's not fancied. But um, that said... Um, I just I'm, I'm really taken aback that Celtic have a, have allowed this to happen I think the decision to let Scott Brown go will come back and haunt them Chris? Yeah no listen to what Mark said I can't argue with uh, the, the the question probably is does did, or does Scott Brown know who the Celtic manager is going to be mm-hmm. was there a discussion with the, the future Celtic manager and himself for a conversation and if it is Roy Keane then I would be very surprised that Scott Brown didn't want to stay because he's the sort of character that probably Roy Keane loves. Mm. You know, the, the, you heard Martin O'Neill the other night speaking about can Roy Keane manage the modern day player? Um, well, it's the likes of Scott Brown that you need in the dressing room to help manage the modern day player. Um, he's a leader um, and he can manage that dressing room. You know, Brendan Rodgers himself uh, speaks highly of him, especially in his book, uh, that it, it, to get. Brendan Rodgers' methods across and firstly it's entering Celtic that Scott Brown was an influential figure in that and in, in guiding them in the right way Okay and we're going to have take a call in a second or two and for Rangers fans uh, obviously get of a break they've done the business in the league uh, Tavernier James Tavernier the skipper's been out for a wee bit of time Mark but he's coming back soon Yeah it looks as though James Tavernier will be well in contention for the Scottish Cup tie against Cove Rangers at Ibrox um, a week on Sunday um, you know young Nathan Patterson's come in you know played well uh, Balligan filled in um, at the weekend as well but the bottom line is you know James Tavernier has been one of Rangers most consistent players this season if not the most consistent player and they'll be looking forward to to getting them back and it's great for him considering everything that he's contributed to this campaign if he's back for the for the final five league games and also uh, what Rangers will be hoping to be a, a run in the Scottish Cup Do you think it would have been a different story if Tavernier was fit for the European tie? Mm, good hey, question I, yeah. It is a good question um, Chris but no I, I think Slavia would still have had um, too much for them you know mm-hmm. over the piece I think uh, you know taking all the the, the stuff of Glenn Kamara out the, the equation and just looking at the football mm-hmm. over 180 minutes I think that the Slavia Pride deserve to go uh, deserve to go through. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that during the program tonight. Oh eight, oh eight, seventeen, seventeen, seven hundred. Loads of Celtic fans calling in already. Scotland fans as well. What do you think tonight? Can we do it against the Austrians? But let's go right on to the lines. Tony is on from East Kilbride, also from the Celtic State of Mind podcast. Tony, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, we're fine, thanks. How are you? We've read about it for days. I, I don't know what you think, but uh, it's happened. Scott Brown, is this true? He's actually going to Aberdeen. Yeah, I believe that there's, in kind of 
film parlance. I think there's a great disturbance in the force among Celtic supporters that, that Brown has left. And I can only agree with Mark Greedy. I, I can't honestly understand why Celtic have let this happen. And Chris also touched on it that he was Brendan Rodgers' go-to man the minute he came in the door. And then Brown enjoyed a renaissance in his career under Brendan Rodgers. But he has been everything that's been good about Celtic and will rightfully be lauded as one of the greatest ever Celtic captains. I see. Two Celtic captains achieved nine in a row. Bill McNeil's one, Scott Brown's the other. But it just seemed like the kind of signal of the end of an era, doesn't it? I see John Kennedy has just tweeted, I believe. He said uh, he's been a terrific captain and leader of the group. He'll be irreplaceable in terms of what he gives on a daily basis. His drive to be yeah. successful and how he leads the group by example every single day. Uh, Tony, I mean, I mean yep. On you go. There's an incredible yeah. stat here that he's won a trophy every 28 games. Wow. That's amazing. What? That will never, <laughs> that will never be equaled. A trophy every 28 games. You know, so that tells you what Scott Brown was to Celtic, and he's got a treasure trove of memories from European football, and he 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 has he has a club legend. There's no doubt about that. Ten titles, twelve domestic cups. It says it all. Is there a chance that he actually got fed up with all the criticism and you know? He, he was getting pelters months, a few months ago. He was along with the Celtic team at that yeah. bad spell. Yeah. I wonder if he just felt, do you know what? I've got nothing to prove here, and go and prove yeah, a couple of years left in him elsewhere. Yeah, well, look, we, we all know the, the the stats and how successful he's been. We all know he's a great player. We all know he's a leader. We're all shocked at this decision. But what we don't know is what is the story behind today's story, mm. and um, yeah. only Scott Brown will be able to tell. And I'm sure he will. And, he, and he's and he's honest enough. Is it partly to do with that, um, Paul? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, financially, Aberdeen can't compete with Celtic. So, and you've got John Kennedy, the interim manager, just now saying that Scott Brown is irreplaceable. So, if he's irreplaceable, why are you letting him go? Mm. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe he had the conversation with the future Celtic manager, and he said there is no place in my coaching staff for you at this moment in time. Uh, maybe you'll have to start it at the youth level, and maybe for Scott Brown, he just wasn't willing to do that. Uh, maybe he wanted to manage uh, uh, at the in the main division, so maybe that's a, a little factor as well. Chris, you're similar ages with Scott Brown. Would you, if you could, would you continue playing, or if you were offered player coach at Kilmarnock or elsewhere, what would you do? It's a difficult one, I, Paul. Honest, it's so difficult. Um, I heard Barry talking about it the other night. There, he says it's very difficult to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, "Play as long as you yeah, can." Yeah, and he did say, "Play as long as you can." It's just it depends on the title. Does it actually mean anything when it says player coach at this moment in time? Maybe it's for the second season. You know, Mark, uh, the first season might just be just play and relax um, and manage the group in the changing room and manage on field. Um, because at the end of the day, um, he can do that easily. Um, it comes naturally to him. It, but it's, it comes to another part of it when he's doing video analysis. He's doing, you know, set plays, etc. Um, maybe he's to do some team talks. Um, but he probably speaks to the group anyway. He's, he's been doing that for how many years for Celtic? When he's doing the huddle, or probably in the changing room before mm. the game, at half time and after the game, um, that comes naturally to him. So, yeah, it depends. The title, it does sound bigger maybe than it might actually be at this moment in time. Okay, Tony? Yeah, I also don't think that Scott Brown would cut being a peripheral figure at Celtic. Mm-hmm. So he's maybe decided that it's the right time to move on. It is a new challenge and a new chapter in his career. But I, like Mark, would be interested to know his thoughts on it and he probably will tell us further down the line. Maybe he has spoken with the new management team and they don't fancy him. 
So I don't think he would have liked to have cut a kind of isolated figure. And, yeah. and bearing in mind, he's going to Aberdeen to be a player coach. So he, he's still continuing the best of both roles or combining the best of both roles. And he'll want to cut his teeth in management too to see if he, he has a future in coaching. And I guess that's the, the carrot that Aberdeen have dangled as well. Because it, it certainly, as Mark said, it's certainly not about the money. Mark, you know, but I think the fact that he, he probably didn't want to be just somebody who was at Celtic but not contributing a great deal because he feels he, he's obviously got lots to contribute still both on and off the park. Tony, so is the, obviously, you know, Scott Brown's leaving. Um, he is a captain of Celtic. Who would you like to then fulfil that role? Um, is there a player in mind you would like or is there somebody at the club you would like to, to bed through? Well, I, I think the... The obvious one that people are also stating is if the new manager comes in and maybe convince Christopher Ayer to stay and hand him the role. Because, I mean, Callum McGregor's been doing it, hasn't he, so far? And a lot of people are saying that he's had a dip in for him and he's not captain material. Again, that's that's opinion. But if Ayer could be persuaded to stay, then he maybe has that those leadership qualities that a player is looking for. Or whenever Julian comes back, maybe he's the kind of player that you would maybe turn to. I was talking for trying like Callum McGregor get on with getting back to what he's good at and, and being a good footballer. He just kind of seems to have the whole responsibilities maybe weighed him down a bit. I think moving forward though, if you the new manager overlooks Callum McGregor um, for the the captain role, then I think you you, you risk losing Callum McGregor because if you've been the captain, then you're overlooked. For Christopher Ayer, who's been, by all accounts, itching to get away, and if he doesn't sign the new deal and they need to sell him, you've then got Julian who's coming in, who's no, who's no, you know, kicked the ball for six months, won't be in a first team jersey until September uh, time. So I think if you, because now Callum McGregor becomes even more important in terms of the yeah. dressing room and on field when you're losing uh, a key figure like Scott Brown. So to keep Callum McGregor on side, you have now the new manager's now got to do with Callum McGregor do what Brendan Rodgers um, did with Scott Brown take him in yeah. under your wing give him responsibility make him feel like a leader consult him use him to get your message across to the dressing room so Callum McGregor now in terms of the Celtic dressing room and on the park he should now become the most important player at the club good point Tony, do you see him as a leader Mark? Yep. do you see Callum McGregor I think he'll grow, he'll grow into it I mean Chris, yeah, yeah. Chris has played against him many times yeah know. no I, the, the reason why I said that is because you know Callum McGregor then steps into Scott Brown role but then who steps into Callum McGregor's role um, who else do you see uh, Tony as another leader obviously you said Aya there and Mark said that Aya by all accounts wants to leave you know David Turnbull yeah maybe it's David Turnbull maybe it's somebody else to step up they're um, going to have to make David Turnbull feel loved there yeah. aren't they you know you saw him taking off again the other day and I see already speculation saying well people might be saying hey is the future there at Celtic you know we don't know what was going on but it seems strange to take him off were you surprised when um, Turnbull was taken yeah. off listen a lot of people are surprised and saying that you know Turnbull why is he getting taken off etc I can see the reasons behind it you need to remember it's his first season at Celtic you know he struggled at the beginning to get in he was you don't know what's going about in the training field and is, is he is he sticking to the, the, the rules of of what Celtic's, you know, principles a player wanting to be, etc. But the one thing about David Turnbull is he'll always score you goals and he'll always create chances. And he is a tenor season man, you can see that. Um he does like to get a shot away. Uh, but when you play with Celtic and Rangers sometimes you have to be a little bit more patient uh, maybe that's something that Celtic are trying to create to into him. Um but as an attacking player I know what it's like 
so frustrating to be taken off in the 70 odd minute when realistically that's when the game opens up mm-hmm. yeah. and that's the, when the, the that's space is more created for you to then do your bit of magic or whatever or be be inventive I want to ask you all a question then so this is going to ramp up the pressure on Celtic you know because the captain going uh, the, the manager's gone a month ago no visibility of who's coming in people that want away that you know were mentioned he didn't mention them at the start of the season but they probably should have cleared out people people that were you know, a lot of money they could have got for them I know hindsight's perfect what are Celtic going to do now I heard Martin and Neil on last night uh, with Rob and Barry and Leanne he was brilliant he said he hadn't spoken to Dermot Desmond for a couple of years no, he doesn't have to that surprised me yeah. Dermot Desmond surely uh, soon I know there was a statement the other day yeah. what is going to happen next for Celtic and it has to be soon does yeah, it not? I, well I, I thought when Dermot Desmond's statement came out yesterday Paul that indicated to me that um, it's what we, what we would term in the media a holding, holding. statement buying time which suggests to me that, that an appointment is weeks away otherwise we know Dermot Desmond doesn't like doing media stuff even if it's his own yeah. in-house one so that suggests to me if there was something imminent Dermot Desmond wouldn't have come out and spoken yesterday um, so therefore I'm thinking that it's, it's weeks away uh, maybe they don't know yet um, although it's contradicting what I believe that, that, that Roy Keane's you know, very much lined up then this other part today in terms of Scott Brown in terms of how it would evolve and how it looks PR you get the bad news out of the way Paul so you get it out of the way just now and maybe the new manager's ready to, 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 be, to, to be wheeled in we, we don't know sure. the bottom line is we're not 100% sure but to get back to who Chris's point to Tony mm-hmm. who replaces Callum McGregor's role mm-hmm. I don't think they have anybody and that's the new manager they need to sign leaders you look across the road at Rangers Alan McGregor James Tavernier Connor Goldson Ryan Jack Steve Davis all leaders Celtic don't have enough of them they need to sign top quality players starting from a goalkeeper and right through the spine of the team Which Tony you say yeah. then that's a building process that's needed yeah. um, the time that's been taken but you be happy with that Tony then you ready for a new manager to come in and place and been given time just like Steven Gerrard's been given are you happy that they might not win a, a trophy in the next two or three seasons to see success um, uh, the fourth season or whatever I don't think Celtic supporters would accept not winning a trophy because I think the Celtic supporters want a new manager whoever that may be you hit the ground running because it's the importance of winning the league next season because you're automatically qualifying for the Champions League group stages and I think the Celtic supporters would say that time's not a commodity that any new manager will have that's a lot of pressure and as Mark says they, they need to sign a lot of leaders and the clock's ticking down to the Champions League qualifiers as it is mm-hmm. and uh, if Mark believes that the appointment weeks away then a lot of Celtic supporters will be they'll be worried about that too because it's 80 odd days isn't it mm-hmm. to the first Champions League qualifier and Celtic still haven't got a director of football a head coach and they now He's allowing going in search of a, a new inspirational captain figure. Tony, for that role. Sure. Tony, final question. You're close to who would you have as manager? What, or we know there's going to be a director of football and a manager. What do you think is going to happen? My personal choice all along would, would have been Eddie Howe, mm-hmm. but I think the Roy Keane uh, uh, bogey is now going down the hill <laughs> at an alarming pace of nuts. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a a train that can't be stopped now and I, I feel like Mark it, it, I think it'll be, if Roy Keane wants it then it'll be Roy Keane's 
Tony, really good call. Thanks very much for calling. More. We're building up to Scotland against Austria, just a couple of hours away from kickoff. Celtic, they are losing Scott Brown. He is going to Aberdeen, pre-contract assigned, two-year deal. And Rangers captain James Tavernier is back a week on Sunday. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Thursday night it's all kicking off tonight isn't it Scotland playing against Austria I don't know where that voice came from Scotland against Austria maybe I'm thinking about England against San Marino they're going on about it as though it's the second coming England back in uh, action tonight against San Marino Scotland against Austria 7.45 kick-off at Hamden we say it so often if only the crowds were there but it looks as though you know bit by bit we'll get people back fairly soon Chris Burke could you have fans back watching as you look to stay in the top league in Scotland I hope so yeah. um, I can't wait to see fans back I, you know I can't wait to see the away fans back so I can get some stick as well <laughs> um, so it's not just your home fans that you want back you want the away fans there as well so I'm hoping uh, next season there'll be like a new season, a new life for everyone, won't it, Mark? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think Denmark announced today, Paul, 11 or 12,000 fans going to be allowed in at the Euros. Um, Copenhagen, I think, right. one of their host cities, is that mm-hmm. correct? Um, and of course, um, April the 7th will be the, the decision um, for us. So fingers crossed it can happen. We've got a bit to go, but uh, let's hope that, that, that Glasgow's Hamden Park's getting some fans in. And even for Chris here, could be involved in a Scottish Cup final with uh, with Kilmarnock May 22nd Paul be yep. lovely to think if we could even get 10,000 into Hamden oh, in May 22nd for the Scottish Cup final Brora Rangers against somebody <laughs> Brora versus Kilmarnock yeah. there there's a dream there yeah. isn't it uh, what a result that was the other night and, and, and for Hearts though and for Robbie Nielsen you know what's the population of Brora is it 1400 people against uh, Hearts from Edinburgh the second city of Scotland you know of uh, half a million or so amazing what did you make of that result Chris? Um, yeah, but when I first looked at it, I was shocked. Um, you know, but it's an amazing achievement for Bro, isn't it? And I loved his his, his yeah. uh, interview after it. He had full belief in his team that they could win the match. It was great. He had great belief in his team, um, and they and they produced right at well, not right at them, but they produced mm. and hang on and and they deserved the one. And uh, who have they got next? Do we know? We find out who they who they oh, play next. Never don't ask us those live on everyone. Oh, <laughs> listen, somebody can call Hello, up and tell us. Call <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the fact that they sent out with just a few minutes to go. They realised that the they, they sent out for beers. That was great. Uh, and what about the the two goal scorers? And one of them is uh, he's a spark, and he did he couldn't sleep all night, and then he's out in shift the next morning. It's yeah. phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, and that's amazing. We, we talk about the romance of the cup, yep. and that's when it does Jordan come McCray. true. Stories yep. like that, absolutely brilliant. Yep, Jordan McRae and Martin McLean. Uh, Hearts fans, well, uh, it's not going. It's amazing, isn't it? It's only a couple of months since you were in the cup final, and that team hadn't played yeah. for three months. Two cup finals in a row, Paul. Oh, yeah. You know, Hearts in the Scottish Cup final um, in 2019 and 2020. Um, so yeah, it was a real shock. Um, you know, considering the quality that, that, that Hearts have got, um, and you know they, they would have wanted a, another cup run. They would have fancied themselves. It's good financially. Um, as well, even though the league's as good as wrapped up, yep. you, you don't want the season to, to, to peter out with, with, with nothing to play for. He's got a big job, obviously, Robbie, yeah. after when they, well, when it looks like they're, they're going to get promoted. But what's going to be the turnaround in players? Mm-hmm. Um, because I heard them saying uh, there's the remains of the relegation season at the club. And, and then he said, you know, we need to deal with it and we need to get it moved out. 
Yep. So there must be a, a huge amount of players in there that he, he doesn't fancy. I think the word overhaul is coming. Right, I've, I've, I've had a think about it. The truth is, Ali's just handed me the computer. Brora Rangers play Stranraer. And we know Celtic against Falkirk. We know that uh, Rangers are playing Cove Rangers. And Kelly, you're looking forward to being in action at Stenhouse Muir. Yeah, I know. I yeah. was in fortunate circumstances. Um, we could have played against each other, me and Si. You know, Si's obviously in here nearly every day. So, yeah, we, we, we already spoke about swapping shirts, etc. Yeah. Um, Are you allowed to do that? Well, probably yeah, not. You know, I'd probably get charged right <laughs> enough. But listen, yeah. he's, he's he's great on this show, on it, so he fully deserves it. I just don't know if my top would fit him. But he's he's actually in yep. good shape. He's in no bad he shape, is. isn't he? And he's desperate to play. He's back yeah. this weekend. He's been suspended. Yeah, it's a shame. Forever, it's it seems a shame. Like. So we play yeah. Stenhouse Muir. Um, okay. yep. It's obviously a shorter trip for us. Are you enjoying life under Tommy Wright? I mean, you obviously have to say that. I haven't asked you this question. You've just come in and come on. But um, how is it under the manager who'd such a great record at St Johnson? Yeah, fantastic record at St Johnson. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying working with him. Um, obviously, results at the very beginning haven't been great since he stepped in but I think that's not a reflection on how we played uh, at the beginning like any manager it's how quickly can you suss out what your best team is and what the best formation is you know we have tried different formations you know we've tried 3-4-3 three, three, we've tried 3-5-2 we've tried 4-4-2 four, four, and yeah, uh, the last game there we went for a 4-2-3-1 and it seemed to have worked uh, so you know hopefully that's the team now that will maybe play the next game against Stenhouse Muir and we can build on that and uh, his new colleague someone he played with Mark before at uh, Ibrooks, Kel Lafferty has made a difference getting the goals yeah he, he's he's lit the place um, up you know we all kind of know what, what kind of character uh, Kyle is he's, he, he's bubbly um, you know he's lively in the dressing room he's lively at training and, and you know obviously Chris will know but um, it's no rocket science, you know. When you're down at the bottom, there can be a wee bit of negativity. It can be flat, you know. If you're coming on a Monday morning, and I think Kelly was at like nine games without a win, or yep. whatever it was, Chris. So if you've got somebody lively to come in, uh, it's good, and he certainly helped on the part. He's made a contribution um, as well. Opposition teams, defenders will be wary of of of, of Kyle Lafferty. Kind of becomes a, a sort of number one target to mark and keep quiet, mm-hmm. and that allows your Rory McKenzie's, your your Chris Butts, your Cred. Kilties, your kebambas, mm-hmm. yep. your pinups to get more um, involved in the game. So it can work well. But as we head into the last five games, after we get through the Scottish Cup on, on April the 3rd, Paul, and it's why I love the split. I don't know about you, Chris. Mm. Ross County, Kilmarnock, and Hamilton, bottom three, two points separate the three of them with five games to go. Wow. First class. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? As right. obviously, I've said it here before, you know, it's more exciting down the bottom than it is at the top at this moment in time, isn't it? Um, Unless yeah. you're a Rangers fan, well, yeah, well, yeah. they're obviously delighted. <laughs> uh, but no, we play Ross County at yeah. home the next game, which could leapfrog us out of second bottom into third bottom. So it's, it's in our hands. Like mm. Ross County, will be saying the same thing. Um, but it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm really, really looking forward. To, you know what? I'm relishing it. Yeah. I'm relishing it. Um, it. Even though it's people might think it's negative being down, but but you have to have these experiences to appreciate the highs. And great to get your goal at the weekend. How how was that? Yeah, no, I was yeah. delighted to get my goal. I'm, I'm just delighted that we won a match because um, we hadn't won so long, uh, and I'm delighted as well. The 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 we had four different goal scorers, so in the four two three one, you know, the front four scored, uh, which was mm. great, great to see. And we, now we've looked as if we start scoring goals. You know, we scored two away to Ross County, even though we got beat. But yeah, no, we're we're, we're looking in good form just now, even though points tally haven't added up as well as what we would have liked but yeah no, well, we are looking forward to the games we're, we're quite we're positive mm. uh, people might think when you're down there it is difficult and it is you're right in saying that you, you can become a little bit flat and there is no negativity but 
Kyle Lafferty has bred a new energy into the dressing room. We all know what sort of character is he is. Is he loud? If, listen, he's always up to antics, isn't he? Always. In a good way. And he's yeah. always noising up yeah. the manager. Uh-huh. He's chapping on his door and running. He puts chap the door, run away. <laughs> <laughs> Funny way to resign. Uh, but uh, <laughs> listen, the manager deals with him so well. Um, he's yeah. a sort of... Kyle Lafferty needs a Tommy, a Tommy Wright um, for him. Yep. To, to, to flourish sure. and you can see that's happening and of course he's with the Northern Ireland squad just now and it's always good to have international players in your side we'll come back to that in the second hour we're building up towards Scotland against Austria we'll bring you the teams first as well we've been building up throughout the week 7.45 kick-off looking forward to it and uh, let's go back on the lines though uh, Howie a Rangers fan is on from Eldersley Howie good evening how are you doing guys? Oh, we're good thanks you? good you okay? yeah all good Looking okay, forward to Scotland as well. What's your prediction? Yeah. What's your prediction for Scotland tonight? What do you think? Yeah, I think Scotland will win comfortably two 0 Oh, come, that would be good because the Austrians are yeah. a good side. But well, that's good to hear, Harry. Um, it's so Scotland, you've got to stick by your country. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think every, everybody does. Um, so, what are you thinking? You've got something to say about Scott Brown? Are you delighted to see him leave Celtic <laughs> for the the damage he's inflicted in every other team in the league for so long, apart from this season? No, it's not. To be quite honest, he never done a lot of damage because Rangers weren't in the league for a long time. So, but my point being. To be quite honest, guys, uh, as Aberdeen's got Ferguson and McCrory, who are up-and-coming young talent mm-hmm. who could possibly be captains of Scotland. Mm-hmm. So what do, what does Stephen Glass or Aberdeen Football Club think they're bringing somebody in in the sort of same position? I really don't understand it because these two young guys are really, really talented individuals. So what does the panel think of that? Mark, what would your take be on that? My take be that there's every chance that Lewis Ferguson will be sold in the summer. Um, you know, he's he's a really good player, one of the top uh, young prospects in the country. I do know that there's teams looked at him from down south um, and abroad. There's been interest from from clubs um, abroad too. So um, you know, Aberdeen are rebuilding. Stephen Glass is rebuilding. He brought in Scott Brown for a for a reason. Financially, you know, every club is up against it at the moment. So if you have someone such as Lewis Ferguson, who the cost might be two hundred and fifty grand from a tribunal from Hamilton, and you then nurture him into a player that's don't hold me to it, but ballpark one and three quarters to to, to two million quid, maybe a wee bit more. I would say a bit more than that, if I'm honest. In the current value climate, who knows? But listen, you could end up with add-ons. You could get three, Mm -hmm. three and a half. But what I'm saying is, they have um, made an asset, uh, a financial asset, and. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Lewis Ferguson um, moving on in the summer house. That would probably help answer your question. Yep. Chris, what's your view? I mean, they are two really promising players, uh, Ross McCrory and Lewis Ferguson. I think they would admit at the moment they are off the boil at the moment, as is Aberdeen. Yeah, well, the, the the one thing, obviously, how he said is, that, you know, they're two talented individuals, but Scott Brown is a very talented individual also. And... If I was a young kid, I would love, and I was a midfielder, and I heard that Scott Brown was coming. I would, I would be absolutely buzzing with that. I would be saying, how could I learn from him? What sort of behaviours is he like on and off the field? Can can I learn different positionals, uh, positional sense um, on the field, etc. So, you know, you want to learn from the best players. You want to train with the best players every day. You want to play with the best players. And Scott Brown is probably one of the most decorated Scottish footballers of all time. Um, so I don't see how how he could think that that Scott Brown's not going to be 
beneficial to these sorts of players like McCrory um, and like Ferguson if he stays. And uh, the other thing, how he is, there's lots of Celtic fans on the socials tonight and calling in and they can't believe they're losing the skipper. They don't think he would play every game next season, but they think he should be there to lead the club through the transition. And also, I mean, look at the way he played on Sunday. Mark, you said he was uh, the best player. Do you not think uh, how he was the best player for Celtic on Sunday? I would say he held Celtic together, to be quite honest. And Celtic as a force on Sunday were pretty yeah. good. But at the end of the day, they never beat the champions. So... I don't really know what sort of way to answer that. Yep. But the point I'm trying to make is these two young guys are up and coming superstars for the Scottish game. Hope so. Yep. And to even think, I know what Mark said and I know what Chris said, but if Aberdeen want to move forward, which they're, they're saying publicly, they want to be as strong as they can and challenge the Glasgow teams, surely you must keep these two players because these are the future of Scottish football. Yeah, but also Aberdeen are a selling club and they've showed that in the past. You know, it's very difficult, as you said, in times, Mark, as well. Well, uh, with the money and the revenue and no fans, etc. And even Dave McCormack spoke about it, how much money they're losing out yeah. um, every month or every every this season. You know, they're going to sell Ferguson as soon as they get a good buyer and there definitely will be a lot of, a lot of teams chasing him, um, which will increase his value also. So you're saying that, you know, Howie, that... They, they are the future but you still also need and I'm probably a bit biased you do need experienced players to nurture you know the future um, to help them not just a coach or a manager uh, you also need them um, experienced players that have played like over 600 appearances for for, for Celtic um, surely you must think that that's beneficial to Mc, McCrory and Ferguson and the likes of others at Aberdeen surely they will they will become better players Training with Scott well, Brown. I definitely mm-hmm. can't disagree with that. Because sure. Scott Brown has been uh, he's been a master to Celtic over the years. He definitely has. Howie, who's your uh, player of the year for Rangers this year? And indeed probably for the country, given that Rangers are 20 points clear uh, and as champions. Because, well, yeah, we can go through. Stephen Davis has been mentioned for a while. Obviously, Alan McGregor. Tavernier, the way he, all the goals he scored, and he's back a week on Sunday. Who's yours, Howie? Who's your player of the year? I, can't, I, I cannot see by Stephen Davis, but very closely matched by McGregor. Right. Tavernier's starting to show his frailties over the last few games, and I'm actually glad he's uh, injured to give young Patterson a chance. <laughs> and Patterson oh, has done well. Howie, sorry. Yeah. Oh, Howie. Sorry. Yeah. Well, well, happy with this one, Howie. You've just had a captain who's led by example to win the first title in a decade. The 55th title, his goals, his assists, his leadership, his patience. This time last year, Rangers fans were questioning whether he was the right man to be the captain of the club. And you're saying you're glad he's been out of the team, honestly. He's for, half, for half a season. Yeah, he scored 17. Oh, he's he scored ah, 17, on, really 17 really goals and 15 assists in all competitions. <laughs> and he plays no, right back. He's played great, but I really can't see by Stephen Davis, to be quite honest. He's, he's sort of held up. Don't get me wrong, there is a lot. There's Davis, Kamara. Yep. But your vote's gone with Stephen Davis. There's one thing I agree but, yep. with Harry is, is that obviously Steve Davis and then he said secondary is McGregor. For me, it's McGregor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. McGregor I just think if there's one time that you can, it's very difficult to get a defender or a defensive midfielder or a goalkeeper to win player of the year, Mark. It is, isn't it? It's yep. very difficult. And I think if there's a moment in time that that's going to be to get announced player of the year, it's going to be a defensive player. And I think McGregor should be 
at the forefront of that and he's only 39 so that's your target for the next two years <laughs> quick break and then we're off to Austria I know the matches at Hampton don't worry Mark do you remember the, the guy that was covering the one of the US tournaments and he went to the wrong Augusta it's supposed to be, he went to the wrong Augusta right we're back so we can only be go radio we're back next the Bull Radio Football Show let's go Moving towards 6 o'clock tonight, you're looking not too bad across most of your routes in Glasgow in the west, although you do have emergency bridge maintenance work affecting both sides of the M8 between Junction 15 for Townhead and Junction 18 for Charing Cross. It's not too bad if you're heading westbound, but if you are going east, you're queuing back over the Kingston Bridge after an earlier broken down vehicle. Elsewhere, you have temporary traffic lights on Kings Park Avenue at Crawford Train Station, you have roadworks and temporary traffic lights on Bridge Street at Allison Drive, and you have some gas mains work and temporary traffic lights on Springburn Road at Keppock Hill Road. Your public transport is running well tonight and that's you up to date on go good team uh, I, th- I think the strength is probably in the team rather than individuals uh, like any Austrian team good physically strong but good technique as well Danger, dangerous in, in certain areas of the pitch we'll set up to try and nullify that but we, we want to be on the front foot as well we want to make sure that we cause them a lot of problems which I think we can I think sometimes we we play ourselves down a little bit in this country. Uh, like I said before, I think I've got a good squad of players and, and we want to improve and get better and better. And to do that, we have to beat teams of the standing of Austria. So that, that's the that's the target for us. Steve Clark, the Scotland manager there. So the campaign kicks off now. We're going to join a, a journalist based in Austria in just a, a moment or two uh, to talk about the Austrians. Matt, what are you thinking about this one, though? Obviously, it's the toughest tie in the group. Yeah, it's a real tough start, uh, Paul, at home. Uh, Hamden, you always want to win your, your home games. The Austrians, they had a really good, solid team. One or two really good individuals as well. They've also qualified for the Euros. They've got Holland, North Macedonia and Ukraine in their section. Looking at them over the past year or so, they beat Northern Ireland, home and away, recently. Uh, they beat Romania and Norway, away from home, but also lost to Latvia. So you can see wee bits of inconsistencies um, in there as well, um, Paul. I hope Scotland win I'm interested to see the team uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Hendry starts tonight Bother counts he's really impressed in training over the past couple of days he's got a good bit of pace he's naturally right sided uh, which we're which we're looking for but um I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw tonight, Paul, if it's a one-each draw. Chris, I'm going to ask you in a second or two, we can go to Austria now. Tom Midler is on the line from the under, the other Bundesliga. Tom, it's great you're joining us. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks I, for having me on. Where do we find you? I'm in Vienna tonight, so oh. not able to get back to Hamden, unfortunately, this time, but I'll be there for the reverse leg of the fixture in, in any case. Well, we've been to Vienna covering football matches in the past. Beautiful city. Tom, Chris Burke is here with seven Scotland caps. Mark Guidi here, like myself, with no caps, but uh, a wealth of experience. <laughs> uh, Tom, it's going to be no laughing, man. We know this is going to be tough tonight, but Scotland, you know how buoyed we are by the fact that we're through to, to the Euros. And uh, But this is the toughest start, isn't it, against Austria? What can you tell us uh, about our opposition tonight? Yeah, it's a tough start for both sides. And I have to say the, the kind of pre-match build-up has changed when you look at Scotland as an opposition side. There is a difference about them now that they've qualified for the Euros, mm. the way that Austria have been sort of talking about Scotland and the way they've been preparing for the game. I've really noticed a shift in how they would have reacted, you know, if Scotland were not at the Euros. So already it's had a bit of an impact in, in that sense. But Austria come in on, on pretty good form but they are missing some some very much key players in the defence and in the midfield as well. So 
uh, despite the form, it's not quite uh, it's not quite a clear run-in for Austria either. Who are the key players we should look out for, though? Because they have great experience in the Bundesliga and uh, you know Austria as well, with a, a great record in football over the over the decades. Yeah, undoubtedly, I'd look out for David Alaba. You know, probably yeah. the, the standout name in the side playing at Bayern Munich. He's often a little bit out of position for the national team, though. I'd expect to see him in the midfield in sort of the left of the the front attacking midfield three for Austria tonight. So a bit different from his usual fullback role with Bayern Munich. But watch out for Alaba and uh, Marcel Sabitzer as well from uh, RB Leipzig in Germany. He's really one of the the most technically talented players in the Austria side. So if they can get those kind of guys on the ball and, and doing what they do best, then Austria are always a dangerous proposition. But it's not always easy for them to do that. They haven't always managed to get their best players uh, playing well on the international scene. Chris Burke is here and Chris, you're really excited for this match and this is really tough opposition but we love these kind of matches. Yeah, no, listen, we do. We, we want to be tested against, you know, especially people that are, uh, sorry, teams that are uh, above you in, your, in the ranking. I think they sit in 23rd which shows you how, how well they are as a team um, and what I think it's Franco Foda that has done well since he's stepped into to that role. I would just want to ask Tom, what sort of style of play uh, uh, are Austria looking to play tonight because I played with Dan Backman um, and he has said that you know they like to get the ball down in the floor um, and, and pass out from the back is he true in what he's saying? Yeah to some extent that's been the aim uh, it, it's been getting that to work that's been problematic at times you'll notice a lot of Austria's games uh, when you go through the scores it's, it's always that they win by one usually so you know a lot of 1-1 one, 2-1 one, one kind of results and they win the ball back a lot. That's the, the statistic that's the, the big one for them. They're, they're good at winning the ball back and, and getting these, these turnovers. So it doesn't necessarily make for the most free-flowing and most exciting game. So perhaps against the Scotland side that, that quite like to sit back as well and maybe go to pinch a result. I, I, I like your enthusiasm for the game, but I'm not sure it's got all the hallmarks of the classic <laughs> given the two playing styles, to be honest. A real technical game, Mark, and uh, it's going to be tough. What, what, what are you thinking? What do you want to ask Tom? I was just thinking, Tom, will, will Austria be be happy with a, a point or would they see this as a game that they should actually just go and try and win to give them a real edge in the, the qualification process? It's hard to say, isn't it? But I suppose when you play away on the, on match day one of the, the World Cup qualifiers, they probably take a point, to be honest with you. Um, they'll be aiming for the win, though. Uh, you did mention the disparity in the world rankings. Obviously, it is, it is all quite close in there. Austria 23rd, Scotland up in 48th, but it, that doesn't really tell the whole story. You know, these sides are, are not so different in, in class. But, but yeah, Austria will be the favourites. They'll be hoping for a win, but I reckon certainly if they can come from behind perhaps and get a one-all draw, that they'd be, they'd be content with that as well, given that they've got the Faroe Islands up next. They're probably looking for seven points out of these first three games. Tom, I, would, I noted as well that um, in the second half, it seems that Austria seemed to score a lot of goals. Um, I think nine out of the last ten have scored in the second half. Is that just a, a, a shift in formation? Is it a, the style of play is different or is it just because of the opposition that we're playing at that moment in time? Yeah, it's been unbelievable really because what that's done is actually it's meant that often Austria have gone away with results that look quite satisfying from performances that haven't been that satisfying. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that tonight either. You often see Austria just sort of looking a bit short of ideas for, for 70 minutes and then 
it's not necessarily just a change in, in formation or anything, just a bit of a change in personnel, a bit of fresh legs. And somehow that, that seems to do the job quite often. Yeah, you mentioned you know, how many of those goals have come late on. But after, after the 70th minute, they really do seem to come alive. So if they're, if they're not doing well, uh, it's, there's still a danger from the Austria side, that's for sure. And Tom, you're very familiar. You obviously are, but obviously the Austrians are too with the Scott McTominays, Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, John McGinn and the fact that we're through to the Euros now, we're suddenly, we're a credible country again, football-wise. Yeah, very much so. And those are names that, that definitely stand out. It's uh, it's not been, uh, you know, it's not a task that's been taken lightly at all here. Austria are gearing up for a, for a proper game and that's why they were so keen to wait to see if they could get their players who are based in Germany available for this fixture. It looked for a long time like the, there's a whole swathe of, of Austria players based in the German Bundesliga who wouldn't be able to travel and it would have been a very experimental side who would have travelled to Scotland then for the game instead. But Austria did everything they could tactically. They were, they were quite clever and they obviously... Um, they turned down the offer from Scotland as well to, to reverse the fixture and play it at home. Mm. So they, they did everything they could to sort of try and make it possible that the, the German players could, could come in and play for this game. So they're definitely taking it seriously, as you have to, against the side who've just qualified to the Euros. Tom, let's hear from Chris. Chris, who do you think Scotland will line up with tonight? Um, in fact, can I take you to the striking position first of yes. all? Let's go to the end, end of the pitch. Much said about Che Adams, who's come into the squad. Will he play tonight? Will he start? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Che Adams, you know, stepping in. It's great that we've got somebody that calibre that's, um, you know, committed his, his future to Scotland. But for me, I don't think he's going to start the match. Um, but listen, I get it wrong so many times. I don't think I've ever got one right on this show. But I just look at it, um, the big games, what is Steve Clark went back to, and it's always been Christian Dykes. Uh, I speak back to the, the games they won in penalty. Uh, penalties. It was you know Christie and Dykes, and the last game. Even though they they, they got they got beat one 0 but it was a a big game that they tried to get a a victory from. You know it was Christie and Dykes. So for me, I would go with Christie and Dykes. Mark, would you agree up front? Yeah, I mean certainly one thing that that, that we've learned with Steve Clark with his squad announcement there, there's, there's loyalty, and uh, you know Linda Dykes scored at the weekend as well, which was great at last for him. Yeah, his first goal <laughs> yeah. in about three months. Um, so yeah I, I would agree with Chris I think Dykes will be involved interesting to see what he does in terms of formation and what he does in terms of our right hand side because as, as Tom's rightly pointed out one of the main danger players is Alaba and if he operates down the left you know he might be be, be tempted just to play first and foremost defensive by, you know, so if it comes down to Stephen O'Donnell or Ryan Fraser on that right hand side Yep. Probably going to go with Stephen O'Donnell to nullify or try and nullify the attacking threat. The other one for me, I think McGinn and McGregor will sit um, the Stuart Armstrong into the team because he's been in superb um, form um, as well. And of course, uh, you know, you've got Andy Robertson, you've got Kieran Tierney. Um, I, say, I think Jack Henry's going to start Scott McTominay. So interesting goalkeeper, interesting team. Team selection tonight. Yeah, no, as you're saying, it's as interesting. And it's again, this Steve Clark's got that poker face. If we, we're talking about a 3-5-2 probably end up playing a 4-4-2 a you never know that's just the way he works well you but know him better than any of us having played under him he so. did say in his meeting though he wants to nullify you know their threats and he probably as you said right and so Mark he will definitely be looking at Alaba and how they can they can stop that I think you know O'Donnell will play um, he'll, he'll work you know back to front rather than start higher um, in the 3-5-2 you know, maybe allow Robinson, Robertson to play a little bit higher. And I think McTominay, I know I've I thought about this, you know, all last night, the night before, who's going to play 
Because McGinn and McGregor are going to play midfield. Yeah. It's just who plays, mm. you know. Where do you play? I McTominay? think McTominay yeah. will play midfield just yeah. to cover that space if O'Donnell bombs forward, okay. just to nullify, nullify oh. that threat of Alaba. So, Tom, what do you reckon? Glasgow and the West's listening. What do you think the scoreline's going to be tonight? Well, I always think it's close with, with Austria games. So, I think uh, I have to stick to a 2 1 win for Austria in this one, but I can definitely see a, a 1 all draw happening as well. Mark, your uh, eyebrow has gone up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the support, Tom. <laughs> just, uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you made it just to two. Well, you know, four or five, no? He gave us a goal. He gave us a goal. Well, we'll see. Listen, I, I, I think, you know, maybe 1-1. Um, one, one, but for, for Scotland, you know, as Steve Clark and the players have mentioned, as much as we've qualified for the Euros, we've lost the last couple of games. It's about getting momentum back. It's about getting confidence back. And as you know yourself, you look at previous campaigns, Scotland failed to qualify in 22 years. The reason why they didn't win enough home games and you, you've got to do that. And if they're to qualify for Qatar, they, they, absolutely, they must win tonight, Paul, bottom line. So you think a win, we'll talk to you in the second hour. Chris, what would you yeah, say? So Mark, you think they need to win tonight to qualify, do you? The, 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 the stats yeah, back it up, Chris. You look at all the times that, that, that they've failed. You know, in a, in a, was it a six-team section, you, you've got to go and win the majority of your game. Tom, we're going to have to let you go. Chris, we're going to find out in the second hour what you think your prediction is. Tom, thanks very much. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Tom. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Number one for Glasgow and the West, the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Thanks for making the switch. Every night, Monday to Friday, 5 till 7. And we're on at the weekends too, 2 till 6, usually on a Saturday afternoon. Mind you, the games are all over the place. Uh, but we will be there. We're building up to Scotland now in this hour. Rob McLean will bring us the team news first. We're with Chris Burke with his seven Scotland caps, two goals. And there were two special goals, came in the same game, and we won a trophy. We did. I think it's the only trophy Scotland have won. I don't know if Mark will be able to... Apart to from the Rouse Cup. The Rouse, oh, the Rouse Cup. Cup. It was the Kirin Cup, wasn't it? It was the Kirin Cup. Yeah, it was the Kirin Cup. Modern times, the past yeah. thirty years. The Kirin Cup. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. Japan, all wow. the way to Japan, I flew to to lift the trophy and uh, scored two goals in my debut. Um, I'll, I thought honestly, this is easy. This international, <laughs> yeah. this international malarkey. Yeah. You know, I'll do this every every time I get called up. But How many more did you score? None. <laughs> <laughs> none. But listen, it's in, it's a great memory bank. I've got the the, the up in my wall. You know, the the strip. So now. Nah, I loved every minute All respect Chris It's fantastic to score Two goals for Scotland And to represent your That must be the, the most amazing feeling What was it like The first time wearing The dark blue of Scotland Yeah it was good To listen Pulling it on But I've said so many times To people When I flew to Japan Oh I, I was yawning on the bench And everything Because I was a sub And I was just So scared in case Walter Smith Turned round and seen me yawning Because then I wasn't Getting on the pitch Was I? <laughs> was it the jet lag? Um, it was yeah. just a jet lag Obviously straight after The last game of the season We flew out there And I think we had One day training session And the next game was a cans. game I can't <laughs> 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 um, But no Listen I'm delighted No matter if I was tired or not Mark Great to make the switch here On the Go Radio Football Show Show number four for you Yep 
Yeah, show number four. Paul, absolutely enjoying it. It's great. As, I, as I've said, um, good radio station, great callers. I really like the callers, real sensible calls, love their football, want to talk about football. And uh, that's what we're here for. And, and, and good people, and great to be back working with yourself again, Paul. Great to be back working, is yeah. the point? Ah, In my case, yeah. Working, yeah. So, no, so, it's great. And good yeah. to have Burke alongside us. I like Burke mm. comes in, does his research. He's got his pens there. I think we're back at school. He's got all his colour coded <laughs> pens, all his different stats. So he's right on it, and he and he does his research, and that's what it's all about. That's what I'm yeah. just doing, Mark. I'm looking for a job next season. That's why I've got uh, all these pens and oh, all written all well, these down. Oh, we want to ask <laughs> you about that. We'll come to that during this hour. What's happening uh, with you uh, at Comanche? Still a lot to do in the next few weeks, but yeah, you like that. Well, let's go back to where we were just before the news for Scotland. I was asking predictions. What's your prediction then, Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm with Mark, but the. Mark said that the Scotland have to win. I kind of disagree with him. I think this group could be really open. Um, I think you can't write off Israel. I think Israel are a team that you know the city is seventh. I think in the in the rankings, the FIFA rankings, but that's no reflection on how they are as a team. And we've seen that in the past. Um, you've also got them. I think Denmark, Austria, Israel, Scotland will probably all fancy themselves mm-hmm. of um, qualifying out of this group stage. So I think there'll be a lot of draws and maybe you might see a, a few defeats as well. So I think the points tally by the end might be lower than other group stages. So, But to go back to what do I think my predictions are tonight, I'm with Mark. I do think it'll be a draw. I think the two teams will play it a little bit relatively safe mm-hmm. um, just because it's the first game and I think the two teams will come home or go Austria will go yep. home with a with a with a point and so will Scotland. But I do think it might not be as exciting as what Scotland fans maybe want and expect, but they just have to be patient. Um, I think a point will be enough it's just to ask the next question is there's nine points up for grabs next, this, uh, next week you know we and some, what do we, we want from that points. How, that how we get them I don't know if we need mm-hmm. to go to Israel and win if it's a draw tonight but if come next Wednesday night full time at hand and after the Pharaohs if we're not sitting in seven points out of nine mm-hmm. we are right up against it and that's what right Tom was it. looking for the journalist yeah. in Austria said seven points is what they're looking for yeah you've got yeah. to Paul you've got to You've got to win your home games or, or, or win a game away from home that you're not expected um, yep. to do. So, look, I, you know, sitting with five points next Wednesday night, not good enough. Nowhere near it. You think need, that? Oh, God. Absolutely. Chris, look at the campaigns. Why have we not qualified for, for nine out of ten campaigns? Because we don't win enough. You need to get to 18, 19 points. Yeah. So in order to do that out, out, of, the, out of the ten games, right, you, you look at what you need to do. You need to be looking at probably... Six wins, two draws. You might be able to afford two defeats, but you, you've got to be winning. You've got to be winning all your home games to give yourself a proper chance. Yeah, no, I, I think seven points is optimistic. Mm-hmm. I think five points would be realistic. Okay. Here's the manager speaking about the momentum that Scotland could take from the Euro qualification. You want to have momentum. It's important. We we lost the last two games of the Nations League campaign, so we want to put that right. We want to start winning games again. We want to build as long a winning run as possible. That's, that's what you always try to do. Every time your winning run stops or your unbeaten run stops, you have to st- start another one. So tomorrow night will be a great time to start one. 
Here's the captain, Andy Robertson, about the... It's almost like a club mentality they have now. It is a club-like mentality here now. All the boys got on off the park. We all are, are close. And that makes a huge difference because it makes you run that extra yard for each other on the pitch. It makes you do that extra run. It makes you, you know, fight for each other that wee bit more. And I think you've seen that over the last couple of international breaks. And it's about now carrying that on and, and keep fighting for each other. And I'm, I'm sure we will do that. We'll bring you the team soon. Scotland against Austria. Let's take another call, Gary, from the Gorbals on the day when it's announced that the Celtic skipper Scott Brown is leaving at the end of the season he's off to Aberdeen two year contract uh, with Stephen Glass the new manager of the Dons Gary what's your reaction to that? How you doing Paul? How you doing guys? Hi yeah. Gary, um, Gary. Basically yeah we all kind of knew it was coming it was almost it's almost that kind of Henrik Larson feel about it you know where um, it, it's it's been coming for a long time and, and a lot of us are gutted a lot of us don't know which way we're, our midfield's going to go next season. That's why I think Sorrow was, was drafted in uh, this season. So, listen, I, I think it speaks volumes. I said to Ali uh, off there that it speaks volumes that Aberdeen can uh, convince Scott Brown that, that they're a brighter option than, than Celtic. You wonder what the Celtic hierarchy, how, how hard they've really pushed to keep Scott Brown at the club. Not, not so much as a player, but, but more in a kind of coaching sense. Mm-hmm. Unless they have, you know, plans coming to fruition soon that would mean that maybe it's the best thing for Scott Brown. But I think most people, well, we don't know that. So at the moment, it does look strange. People don't understand it, yeah. Mark Weedy. No, I, 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 I still can't um, get my head around why it's been um, allowed to happen. Um, look, I know there's a temptation there to go and cut your teeth and coach and be part of what Aberdeen, Stephen Glass will be hoping. You know, a, a bright new era. But uh, for Celtic, considering the amount of change and key personnel that's leaving, and um, you know this this new manager that that will be coming in and, and a new structure for me, Scott Brown would have been key um, to that. And you can never underestimate the importance of losing a leader, of losing experience um, in a dressing room. I'm sure Chris has been through it many times in his career. And uh, like I said, losing Scott Brown. Um, I think is a decision that will come back to haunt Celtic and as I said on Monday night Paul for me it kind of as much as Rangers are well oiled and and, and they're ahead of the game they're very good but in terms of Celtic making a fist of it next season I think this kind of already puts Rangers one hand in the trophy for retaining the the title And and Chris Mark was saying on Monday night watching the game at the weekend it doesn't look as though there's 20 points between the two teams and Barry Ferguson said throughout the season Celtic will be the wounded animal they'll come back now it didn't really happen for lots of reasons but you could see the talent in that team they've still got a Scottish Cup it could be a Scottish Cup final it could be the old firm it could be you against Celtic or Rangers but imagine Scott Brown could still win a trophy with Celtic again this season and then he goes to Aberdeen it's hard to fathom as as, as I said I was shocked at it it's hard to fathom as you said um, it was Gary's himself you know I would just want to know what he thinks. You know, does he? What would he have done to keep Scott Brown at Celtic? Because obviously Celtic never kept Scott Brown. Um, or we don't know if they've tried or tried hard enough. And um, what would he have liked to have seen, Gary? I, I think. I think honestly, I think um, you know you've got to offer him some sort of coaching role at the club, whether that's part of the plan I, I mean obviously a, a lot of talk about Roy Keane today mm-hmm. you know Betting's been suspended so you know it looks as if he might be the man to come in uh, there's talks of Nicky Butt as well so 
maybe maybe that's why Scott Brown felt that his his future lay elsewhere. But I I, I think Celtic, as I say, I don't know if Celtic have done enough to to try and keep Scott Brown at the club. But it's it's a massive massive loss, despite what some of the supporters were saying this season that his his time was up, that he was finished at the club, that he needed. And he did phased out of the team. You know, I, I think he, he still had a lot to give. Uh, whether that's on the park or off the park. Uh, Gary, see this that point you made in terms of the criticism, and we know that Celtic from top to bottom have been heavily criticised by the supporters this season. And, you know, a lot of it justified, although I don't agree with the way a number of the supporters went about um, voicing their criticism and some of the yeah. actions that they took. That said, you think Scott Brown just thought, you know what? I've not been appreciated this season I've been taken for granted yeah maybe I have taken a little dip but that's when you need support the most that's when you need to say well for 14 years prior to that I was pretty much on it I've guided the team helped the team towards a quadruple treble do you think that the Celtic fans on reflection now the negativity towards their captain might have played a role in his decision to leave? Yeah I mean I, I, I kind of liken it to Ronnie Dyla uh, in his time at the club, you know, Ronnie Dyla came under some harsh criticism and, and some of it was warranted and some of it wasn't. But I can remember being at the, his last game against Motherwell when we won, I think we won 7-0 at Celtic Park and the whole stadium was chanting his name and, and cheering him. And, this, you know, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You, you need to back a, a player or a manager all the way or you don't. Do you know I mean? And it's, it's Celtic fans, it's, as I said, I've got another point about a couple of players that Celtic fans have got form yeah. for um, not getting behind enough. And and I just think it's he's Celtic's greatest captain in my lifetime. Yeah, um, yeah someone was saying earlier, greatest captain since uh, Billy McNeil, who was voted mm-hmm. the greatest ever captain. Uh, Gary, you've probably seen this. Scott Brown himself has said, I have always given my best to the club and always wanted the best for our fans. We have enjoyed some fantastic moments and success together, dominating the game in Scotland so regularly, enjoying some great European nights. And Scott Brown also said, it's a huge decision to leave this magnificent club, which has been such a massive part of my life for so long. But this is a new opportunity for me and a new chapter. He finally said, Celtic will never leave me and the club will forever be in my heart. That's uh, Scott Brown this afternoon. What else did you want to say, Gary? Um, so as I say, like, you know, I, I don't think, I'm trying to rack my brains at how, at who has stuck around Celtic or Rangers this long. Um I think I'm trying to think. Probably Paul McStay. I'm going back to yeah. times at times of that age, um, and I, I don't think we'll ever see that in my lifetime. Anyway, a, a player staying at the club that long. I think I think the two I think the two players closest to him in terms of appearances is James Forrest. He's on 407 games, and a 10 year spell in Callum McGregor on 321, and a seven year spell. So I don't think we'll ever see somebody of the likes of Scott Brown ever again. Uh, in Scottish football, never mind it just at Celtic. But my my point really was my second point was um a few names here, Lewis Morgan, Jack Hendry and Ryan Christie. Mm-hmm. Um of later times. I've I've got a, a page on social media, a Celtic F C appreciation page and I, I kinda I'm wary about putting posts up sometimes mm-hmm. because about these players because the abuse that these players get. No really Jack yeah. Hendry for me it wouldn't have been my, my kind of option to buy. Um, same with Lewis Morgan, talented boys. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't, I wouldn't have necessarily signed them for Celtic. But 
when they came to the club, I got 100% behind him, and I'm still 100% behind him, and I'd love to see Jack Henry feature for Scotland uh, in this international break. But the, the the nasty side to the Celtic fans on, on social media especially is absolutely bang your order with some of the, especially the Ryan Christie posts I've seen, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just bang out. They, they need to they talk about being a club like no other mm-hmm. and being the best fans in the world. But at the end of the day, you know, they need to get behind these boys and stop um, being keyboard warriors, as it were, kind of thing. Um, Couldn't agree more with you, Gary. You're absolutely right. Yep, we need to kick on. it out everywhere, don't we? You know, racism, bigotry, um, everything, any discrimination, Chris, it's, it's part of modern life, but there's no, there's no need for it and, and we're, we're dead against it. Yeah, he's right. It's, I think you said something like keyboard. You know, it's warriors. keyboard, keyboard yeah. warriors. It's your keyboard billion. You know, they wouldn't say that to you. The, the, the player's face um, is probably celebrating the goal that the player scored, whether it's Morgan or, mm-hmm. or, or Christie or Hendry. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you should always get behind your players, um, especially players like that. I think they're three talented players that could possibly feature next season the uh, the three of them if I'm, I'm rightly so the, uh, Hendry can come back Hendry and Morgan can, back. can come back away permanently oh is he away permanently yeah, into Miami permanently yeah. well two out of the three uh, then I, I don't I don't really blame him to be fair you know staying in Miami the weather um, would you really would you prefer Miami to Motherwell <laughs> no I see <laughs> Gary, Gary's in the same area as mine. He's gorbles to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> the that new mean, Miami, the South Beach buzz, or, or the are you the new gorbles or the gorbles? The new gorbles. Oh, near oh, yeah. oh Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, on you go, but Gary. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, just to just to wish Scott Brown all the best in the future. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he'll be back in the Celtic dugout before too much longer. I'm, I'm hoping uh, in some capacity, whether it's manager or. You know, assistant manager or coach. And Gary, maybe you know, maybe he's looking at John Kennedy, who, uh, you know, what he he lost the career very early. You know, he gave the takings from the testimonial to charity. It was phenomenal. Uh, he's so highly rated by Brendan Rodgers, Peter Lawwell, so many people. The players still there, but it's not going to happen for him. Maybe Scott Brown said, right. I'm going to go get uh, Billy McNeil went to Clyde and then Aberdeen and came back as Celtic manager and Chris maybe that's what Scott Brown wants to do yep listen a couple of things there you know maybe Scott Brown's thought about it and says I can go away you know do my education elsewhere and then I can always come back Um, maybe he sees the future of Celtic not being as great as what he wants it to be and what his standards should be at Um, maybe it takes two or three seasons for him to come back and then you know, revitalise the club again. I definitely think he will. One day, you're right, and Gary saying that we will be back at Celtic. Um, it's just a matter of time. And also that that Celtic are in a, a sticky, but a sticky place just now. You know, they're at a point in the, in in their, in their season. You know what they're going to do. You know, are, are they are they going to spend money at it? You know, the next manager is going to give them you know money to to spend and and compete with Rangers because you've seen Rangers do it season on season with mm-hmm. Gerard. They didn't win anything and they just they still bought players. Mark, you know what are they going to do? Are they, are they going to just stick with the players that they've got? But I know they've got a lot of players out of contract. Yeah, I mean, it took Stephen Gerrard three or four transfer windows to really get what he wanted. You know, you can't just go in. Um, and, and make it all happen overnight you know 10 players out 10 players in new chief exec new manager probably new technical director potentially a new head of recruitment a new captain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for all of that to come together to beat a well-oiled Rangers machine over 38 games for me is highly unlikely 
uh, for next season highly unlikely do you think they'll back the manager then with money well, Roy Keane's not going to take the job unless he's back he's knocked it back before yeah. I mean he knocked it back in 2014 before mm-hmm. Ronnie Dyla got the job after Neil Lennon and the Champions League money sorry is the prize because remember there's automatic whoever next wins season. the title and yeah. the title race starts on the 31st of July that's yeah. the news that came out today so the money it's a £30 million pound title next season Paul £30 wow. million pounds guaranteed Gary great call there can you imagine Aberdeen against Celtic you'll be back at the ground Celtic Aberdeen and Scott Brown will be there you thinking about the strip no I'm thinking about absolutely 100% I'll say it now Aberdeen v Celtic opening day of the season live on Sky Sports and live on Go Radio exactly (laughs) turn the telly down get Crocker down and Davy Proven Uh, that's it quick break thanks Gary good call back in a moment The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 Go Radio Football Show OPC Energy Limited Chris Burke, Mark Reed, Mark Guidi Paul Cooney And on the line now With the teams first It's Rob McLean Rob, good evening Hi Paul Hi Mark Hi uh, no, Hi Chris Great As stuff well. last night oh. with uh, um, Martin O'Neill on the programme was brilliant. Just giving you a moment. You've just got the teams first, Rob. So yeah, uh, I almost got a word. I almost got a word in Edgeways last night yeah. at one point. I'm <laughs> confirmed. That was um, magnificent no, stuff. Great. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is a team that I, I don't think any any of us would have uh-huh. uh, would have gone close to predicting. I know Berkey's got a really bad record of uh, yep. predicting teams, but but I don't think anybody uh, would would have guessed some of the names involved here tonight. So let me just give it to you straight away. Um, how how long are we? We're about an hour and twenty minutes away from kickoff. David Marshall and goals—that's no surprise. Obviously, he was always going to be uh, Scotland's number one. Uh, but a back three uh, tonight of Jack Hendry, Grant Hanley, and Kieran Tierney. So, um, as expected, I guess um, McTominay moves into midfield. But I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, there was an expectation about uh, Jack Hendry. Maybe Scott McKenna was being tipped. Uh, certainly Barry and Leanne last night, both thinking uh, Scott McKenna would be in the back three. But it's Grant Hanley of Norwich, who is in the middle of the three with Hendry on his right, Tierney on his left. O'Donnell and Robertson, that's no great surprise, as the two wing-backs. No Callum McGregor in the team. So no, no Declan Gallagher, obviously, at the back. Um, he's been a big part for Stevie Clark so far, but... He hasn't had games, obviously, um, and that's made, that presumably is what's counted him out. Um, so it's McTominay and McGinn as the, the two sitting midfielders. So no Callum McGregor, who I thought was uh, outstanding, back to maybe his best um, for Celtic at the weekend. Stuart Armstrong starts. Um, he's been in terrific form for Southampton, so he plays. Ryan Christie plays as well. There's no Che Adams. Uh, he presumably will feature at some stage for Scotland to make his debut but he's among the subs to start with and it's Lyndon Dykes as the the main striker with Armstrong and Christie supporting so uh, Chris Burke what's your your reaction to that? Well I would say I'm surprised but I'm not surprised because I said earlier that it could go (laughs) a 4-4-2 or anything Um, the reason probably is putting Hanley and Hendren is because Gallagher's just not played has he mm-hmm. really that yeah. much he probably if he did keep continue playing for Mother, Motherwell he would have played but Hanley's got a wealth of experience I think he's got like 30 caps for Scotland you know maybe Jack Henry's other ones just had maybe a couple um, but he steps in and pairing two next to obviously an experience of Tierney Roberts and O'Donnell they'll, they'll help that and Marshall behind um, you've got McTominay and McGinn's the one that's sitting as mm-hmm. well it looks like which I'm a little bit surprised at you know I always like 
week McGinn playing forward but maybe McGinn and Armstrong will maybe interlink and swap positions really but Armstrong's been terrific for him we speak about yeah. it so many times he's a player that is low maintenance and he can perform when he's a substitute and he can perform when he starts the match as well so I think he's thoroughly deserved his spot at this moment in time nobody can argue the point even though McGregor's missing out that Armstrong no deserves to play he's in great form for Southampton and Christian Dykes is probably one that you know I, I, I did predict myself I think a lot of people mm, probably thought it would happen um, everybody spoke about Che Adams you know will he start the game straight away but I think it's time to just bet him in so at the same time it's promising I think it looks great yeah. you know maybe people will question the, the back line more than Armstrong stepping in for McGregor yeah. I don't know about you Mark I like, I like the middle of the pack I have to say I like McGinn McTominay and Armstrong and I think you're right Chris it, it gives you know flexibility in there between Armstrong and McGinn M- M- McTominay will be that mainstay the guy who protects uh, the back I have to say I'm very surprised at, at Grant Hanley he's been in good form for Norwich um, I, 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 I take it and they're obviously flying on top of the championship um, Jack Henry as I said at the top of the show I thought he was going to come in he'd impressed and train he's got that pace he's naturally right sided did you have an insight yes I did yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it's all in the wording Paul and uh, right <laughs> <You> did, <yeah. laughs> I, I didn't want to stick my neck out but I'd, I'd heard he'd, he'd, he was probably going to get the shout and um, Berkey called it Ryan yep. Christie off Lyndon Dykes and one thing I like about the team as well one or two things there's, there's nice loyalty from, from mm-hmm. Steve Clark too. I know it's all about winning but I'm pleased to see Lyndon Dykes remember the fact he got the goal at the weekend he's arrived bubbly he's arrived on a high whereas had he not scored at the weekend maybe he would have just put G Adams in from the start Rob that was a sigh of relief wasn't it when he got a goal after what 25 games without and uh, he's got such a great record with Scotland yeah yeah sure has um, I mean it's a, it's a really it's quite an exciting team isn't it when you look mm-hmm. at it from from uh, midfield to front I mean the fact that John McGinn is one of the sitting midfielders uh, you know, maybe you'd want him to have a little bit more freedom than that, but but he he will, given the chance, get forward obviously, and Scott McTominay will sit in uh, and cover that area. But yeah, it, it it will be the back three that concerns us most, won't it? Because Stuart Armstrong coming in is a real plus. Sometimes it's been difficult recently for Scotland to to find a way to get him in the team. If you'd Jack and McGregor and you'd McGinn in front, then you know where and you'd Ryan Christie supporting London Dykes. You know where did you? Where would you find a room room for Stuart Armstrong? So it's good to see him in. But that back three, you know, obviously has got question marks over it because that's a three that that hasn't hasn't played together before. So you know, Hendry, Hanley, uh, and Tierney, um, you know, and it, it could well be could well be tested tonight. Yeah, the thing, just in the thought process here, I think, and if it doesn't go according to plan, you know, maybe we go a goal down or we're not playing well, maybe then he can just. You know, take Hanley or Hendry off, shift McTominay back into the central area, mm. and then put Callum McGregor on, mm. and then it's still forward thinking, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then you've still got that presence of McTominay, who's been excellent, um, ever present in the in the back line for for Scotland. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he's good, and you look at the bench. You know, if you need if you need to make changes, four English Premier League players there. You know, Ryan Fraser, John Fleck, Ollie McBurney, Che Adams. Uh, you've got Callum McGregor on there so there's really good experience you know Kevin Nisbet should he need um, to make a change Kenny McLean who's been in good form after coming back from injury uh, for Norwich so um, there's a lot to like about the team but as I've said I don't know if you agree Rob but we're in a six team section 10 games 30 points up for grabs we probably need to get to 20 points 
And in order to do that, I think Scotland have got to win tonight. And Rob, you know yeah. Denmark are two up at the moment against Israel. Yeah, they're not hanging about, are they? They're, I mean, they're the top seeds, obviously, in the group. They're going to be a massive test when Scotland come up against them as well. But, I mean, this Austrian team, they haven't lost in six. I think they've lost two of the last 16. I think I don't think they're the prettiest to watch. Or maybe we've got something in common with them yeah. in, that, in that regard. It, it, could be, it could be two teams just trying to grind this out tonight. I mean, 1-0 must be a, a clever prediction, whichever way it goes. Hopefully it goes in Scotland's favour. But I agree with Mark. I mean, a lot of people have said and predicted a draw tonight. Um, I just don't think that's a good start for Scotland at all. I think we have to be on the offensive tonight. I think we have to be on the front foot, as Stevie Clark himself has said. I think we need to get off to, to a winning start just to set the tone in this qualification group. And do you think we will get a win tonight, Rob? You'll be commentating on the Beeb? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. I mean, I, that, that team has surprised me in some ways. But there's a lot of quality about Scotland. You just have to look at the, the names in brackets after some of these players uh, to realise the, the level at which they are consistently performing. And, and we, you know, in Stevie, we trust. I mean, he's taken, us, he's taken us to our first finals in 23 years. I think we have to back his judgment on what he's done. He, you know, as Mark said, you know, Grant Hanley has been playing for a team that's in the winning habit, Norwich City. Jack Hendry's been getting lots of game time against quality opposition in Belgium. So he's picking guys that are playing well at a good level. Kieran Tierney couldn't be any better uh, the way he's playing for Arsenal at the moment. So that's your, that's your back three. There's lots of talent in front of that. We've got a great goalkeeper. We've got Andy Robertson. Um, so let's hope we're, we're getting off tonight to, to a winning start because I, I do feel we, we need to, to get all three points and, and maybe seven out of nine from, from these three games. We're aiming for nine out of nine, obviously, but, but I, think, I think seven out of nine, but I think we'll need three here. You've obviously been cahoots with the uh, fine journalist, Mark Guidi. He thinks seven points as well this week. Uh, and Crystal, you think maybe five? We- yeah, listen, I'm only saying that because I just think, you know, there's four teams form the group sure. that, that can probably when did you go all negative <laughs> listen I'm trying to be realistic I'm I'm trying you know in case we do don't get the, yeah. the best you, result are you just we... thinking about it from the, the relegation area <laughs> yeah no I know you're right in saying that and you um, Rob but that. listen I'm just putting it in the perspective of it's not the worst case scenario if we draw this match because we, we could we could go um and beat Israel and then we can go and beat the Faroe Islands you just never know do you so you know Austria are a good outfit and as much as they're probably looking for a point they probably think they can win the match as well but what I like about the team is it's full of leaders I just see leaders in that team you know as much as people are surprised that Hanley stepped in I think he's a leader you've got Tierney who's a leader you've got Robertson who's a leader you've got McTominay who's you know he's flourishing at Manchester United playing in midfield I think he's got the most appearances um, one of the most appearances for the club yeah, this season for Manchester United you've got Armstrong who's playing ever so well you know you've got McGinn he's a leader as well and you've got obviously Dykes and Christie up top that can just be influential at we spoke about Celtic and looking for leadership and I think that we've got leaders and we've got definitely got leaders in the in the substitute bench as well and maybe that's why he's put Callum McGregor on the bench just to to just in case he needs he needs them and mm-hmm. we've also got Ryan Fraser for pace but what I like also is it's very dynamic players that can like to run without the ball Rob, have, Rob have we still got you for a couple of minutes or are you on the yeah. telly yeah you okay no no I'm, not, to ask you no, something. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the top top radio station in Glasgow in the west <laughs> good, good man <laughs> 
And that is oh yeah, go radio. Here we are, Rob. Um, listen, David Alaba. We had uh, Tom on earlier from Austria, from yeah. Vienna, and he was obviously talking about the quality of the opposition. And you'll be doing your yeah. homework, and, and they have some some good players. He said what you said though. He said this isn't. It might not be a classic tonight. No, no, not at all. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they've got this great re- recent record, but I'll, they've, they've had a lot of one nils recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, we like a one one nil ourselves, and we'd, and we'd be happy with that tonight. But you know, they they don't tend to steamroller teams. Uh, they, they you know, they, but but they are they are winning more than they're losing at the moment. They've got a good recent record. I don't think the coach is everybody's favourite in Austria in terms of the style of football, uh, but he's got them to the Euro finals. Um, he's got them on this on this good run. They've got quality. Um, they've got um, they've got Marcel Sabitzer who plays for RB Leipzig. He's the he's the captain. He scored seven of Austria's goals in the in the qualifiers for for Euro 2020. Uh, you know they've got all, all you need to know is they've got David David Alaba and and to play him much further forward as I know that Tom was telling you earlier in the show. I mean he plays defensively for Bayern Munich. But they but they play them sort of off the, the left of the three behind the main striker. You you look through their squad. I mean, nineteen of them play in the Bundesliga. I mean, what I mean, what what a break that was for them. The the fact yeah. that the quarantine rules got got yeah. changed because one minute Scotland were facing a shadow Austrian squad, yeah. and the next they'd nineteen German based players back available to them again, and and that'll be the bulk of the team tonight. So we know they've got bags of quality. Can I just take you to the other headline this afternoon? You know, we've mentioned it for days. Scott Brown, it looked as though he was going to Aberdeen. And he is. The pre-contract is done. He joins Stephen Glass. And probably as well, uh, there's going to be another addition to the coaching staff, Alan Russell. Rob, any latest yeah. on that? Yeah, Yeah, I, th- I would expect that to happen. I mean, I, th- I think the, the word right from the go was Stephen Glass with Scott Brown and Alan Russell, who's the England strikers coach. And, and, I, and I think well, bit by bit, those pieces have fallen into place. And I think the final piece will be putting the jigsaw in the next day or two. Uh, and Alan Russell is obviously with England at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be part of that, that management setup. Uh, I mean, Scott Brown, I think, is a, a massive a plus for, for Aberdeen, despite his managerial inexperience. I mean, I think he'll do such a good job for them, grab him, grabbing them with a scruff of the neck on the pitch. So, so he's a big plus. I mean, I must confess that it's only now that it's happened that 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 I can quite conceive that that Scott Brown is leaving Celtic. You know, he's just been part of it for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued about it. I wonder, you know, is is it Scott Brown telling Celtic that's it? I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I'm off. Rather than Celtic willingly releasing him, I just don't think you would let someone with his quality, experience, the coaching expertise that he's been picking up over the last few years as well. I just thought that that. Scott Brown would continue his Celtic involvement uh, less and less on the pitch and more and more off the pitch. That's what I expected to happen. So I'm really surprised. And I'll be interested once we get the full explanation about who has driven this move out of Celtic Park for Scott Brown. Yeah, I think everyone really surprised by that. We heard you last night, final point before you go for the match, with Martin O'Neill, and that was a great interview last night. I was interested when he said that he hadn't spoken to Dermot Desmond for yeah. at least a couple of years. And that yeah. did surprise me because, you know, we, we don't yeah. know what goes on with the, the billionaire owner or the major majority shareholder, but when he wants something to happen, and you said it to him when he made the Brendan Rodgers signing, the Martin O'Neill signing, and, and that's the central figure at the club. No matter what you say about director of football, if you get an iconic figure, and is that how he sees Roy Keane? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, look at look at the Aberdeen appointments. Uh, I mean, Dave yeah. Cormack has grabbed the opportunity, and he's maybe mentioned it once or twice, I think, as well, um, that he's spoken to Sir Alec Ferguson um, and bounced his ideas off him about where he was going to go with the Aberdeen management position. Now, if you're Dermot Desmond and you've got Martin O'Neill's phone number, surely, surely, not just Martin O'Neill, but others, others he's got access to as well, people with lots of knowledge in football, you would, you would surely be going to them and if not hiring them for, for a, one of the positions, asking their opinion on which direction you think they should go. I mean, I just, when I asked Martin O'Neill, I, I expected him to say, yeah, I spoke to him, you know, last Wednesday. The fact that he hasn't spoken to him for a couple of years, I, I just find it incredible that Dermot Desmond wouldn't use all the top contacts he's got available to him to make sure that Celtic make the right choice here. Sometimes, I mean, well, I'm not doubting Martin O'Neill, but certainly Dermot Desmond will have been doing thorough investigations behind the scenes. And with the greatest respect to Dave Cormack, I always think when you're having conversations with some people, sometimes it should remain private. And Dave Cormack, that's something that Dave Cormack should learn moving forward. Uh, Rob, advisors for Martin O'Neill have been on about your arithmetic. He's not 70. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, did, I did actually have to correct it in the course of... I had to, I, it, was, it was painful for me because I had to accept that Barry Ferguson was right, which, which was, which was always just, the word stuck in my throat. But no, he, he, is, uh, he is on the brink of 70, but he hasn't quite hit that milestone yet. Still hitting yeah, all the headlines. No, three different headlines last night. Rob, it was great. Listen, let's hope we have, you think, maybe one goal in it tonight and, and let's hope so, yeah. Rob. Who's on the panel one with you? Scotland. Who's on the telly later on? Uh, Michael Stewart is alongside, so I'll, I'll give him yep. your give him your regards. Rob McLean, thanks very much. Rob will be back with us uh, over the next few days as well here in the Go Radio Football Show. We're with Mark Guidi, we're with Chris Burke, Paul Cooney. We're back next. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show, the start of the World Cup campaign tonight. Will it take us to Qatar 2022? Before that, we've got the Euros 2020 happening in 2021. <laughs> Covid times, Mark Guidi. Uh, but listen, it's going to be tough tonight, but we gave you the team there first from Rob. David Marshall in goals, Stephen O'Donnell, Andy Robertson, the captain, Jack Henry, Grant Hanley, the surprise too maybe, Kieran Tierney, John McGinn, Scott McTominay, Stuart Armstrong, Ryan Christie and Lyndon Dykes. Between the two of you, Chris Burke, Mark Guidi, you gave us the, the team you, you, you'd you said about up front. You reckon it was Christie alongside Dykes and you did say Jack Henry coming in. What do you make of the lineup? We've got a few more minutes to think about it, Mark. It's, it's, a, it's a strong lineup, yep. um, Paul. You know, you, you, you could maybe pick one or two that you think might be able to start ahead. Should McTominay, I liked McTominay in defence, um, to be honest, but he does bring so much in the middle of the pack um, too. But all in all, um, not get too many complaints, and it's a, and it's a strong bench. Should we need to make any, you know, one or two changes? Chris Burke. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, <clears throat> I'm in agreement with Mark. You know, the 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 team looks very very strong, um, and I think what we've spoke about in the past with Scotland now is that people can just come out and come in and, and do their roles very well. And um, we've got we've got leadership in there. We've got Premiership players that are on the bench, which shows you how far you know Scotland have come. And we've got a formation now that we're settled with, which is good to see, and we're looking to continue that into into getting to to qualify for for this campaign. And it's like that club mentality. It yeah. works at Liverpool. It's worked this season at Rangers, uh, and for Scotland as well. It's worked. It took a wee bit of time getting used to under Steve Clark, didn't it? 
yeah, listen, that, that's that's the way he works, you know. If, if if you don't buy into it, then that's it. It was a similar similar to Gordon Strachan as well when I was at my time at Scotland. And what he does, and what I really liked about it, I think Andy Robertson said, you know, everybody was still in the higher qualifying um, when David Marshall made that save, and and maybe the players went into this campaign still thinking about it and what and asking the questions, what we're going to do when we go and we play England, etc. But what he did was, is he he set his stall out, he set the meeting, he says, these are the dates, these are when we meet up, X, Y, and Z, this is what happens. Now we put that to bed and we talk about what we're going to do in these three games. Mm-hmm. And that just creates a culture where the players will think, well, I don't need to figure out these questions, ask these questions anymore. I don't need to go and speak to the liaison. I don't need to have a call from a mate and say, well, what if this happens? What we're doing there? What we're doing this at this time? It just, it just, it's such a simple thing but it really is a big thing if you really think about it the way he's handled it it was excellent to, to hear I think Andy Robertson, or Andy Robertson talk about that and you don't get the call-offs apart from the genuine ones like of well the fact he withdrew Ryan Jack but you don't get, see when you think of the difference Mark of over the years how many call-offs there were it's shaming people in some ways isn't it they just didn't want to turn up yeah, you know, for a variety of reasons there was maybe pressure from the clubs they just didn't like the environment they were getting into and thinking you know, why am I going to give up a week, 10 days with, with my family and a bit of rest to go in and play for a, a manager that doesn't really want me or a group that's 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 divided or there's cliques or whatever. But no, certainly just now, the point is you don't qualify for tournaments, Paul, unless pretty much everything is going in the, in, in the right direction. He's great at management, um, man management, um, Steve Clark. What was he like when you were working with him? Um, excellent. Listen, I always said it's very difficult to get a manager and a coach and he was both. Mm-hmm. So he does both, he's, he's man management, his one-to-one skills are excellent as well, he quietly go about his business speaking to the player and, and ask him how he feels and then obviously you know, give him the information that he would like for the player to do in the, in the match. Um, everybody knew the principles of the game and, and how you should act, um, but that comes from preparation. He's got a wealth of experience um, and he's, a, he's, a, he's not just a great coach and a great manager he's, a, he's just a great man as well it'd be interesting that I, I'd like to know Mark is there's 26 I think or 25 in the mm-hmm. squad and there's only 23 that makes it mm-hmm. yeah. and we're talking we spoke about earlier James you know, you've Forrest, got James Billy Forrest Gilmar, and then you've Nathan got Patterson, you know, Ryan Jack as well David Turnbull um, who's obviously out the squad is, yeah. who, who, who misses who misses out it's going, to be a, it's going to be a difficult decision obviously for Steve but that's the sort of manager he is He's good at handling big situations very calmly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be. It'll be five there talking out and, and all good names. You look down the um, the bench as well tonight and you say, you know, there could be two or three of them that won't be um, I think maybe, at the Euros. I think maybe a striker might step out now just because Chi Adams stepped in. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he might look at that area and say, well, maybe I don't need that extra striker. Mm-hmm. But we do have a lot of, of midfielders as well. Um, so I'd I, certainly capture Adams tonight at some point. Yes. Get him on, yeah. and that puts that to bed, Paul. Just you know? in case, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Get him Back on, to make him feel yeah. a perfect. No, of course, it. yeah. You know, you put that one on the bench. We've got so many. Obviously, the goalkeepers: Craig Gordon and John McLaughlin. There's John Fleck, Callum McGregor, Declan Gallagher. He's not played for weeks uh, at Motherwell. Scott McKenna, Ryan Fraser, Kevin Nisbet could be his first cap if he comes on. Uh, che Adams, that you mentioned, surely will come on tonight. Ollie McBurney, Liam Palmer, and Kenny McLean. It's a really, it's a strong bench there for Scotland. Let's hear a wee bit more from the manager talking about the players and talking about the focus. The squad that's here now is focused completely on the the World Cup games because they're the most important ones. We we've said it 
almost since we qualified for the for the Euros that we don't want to be one tournament wonders. We want to we want to have a continued period of success. So that starts tomorrow night against Austria at Hamden. And that great question, it never dies, does it? How's the mood in the camp? It's evident <laughs> as soon as the boys come into camp on, on the Sunday night. They, they greet each other like long-lost friends and the banter's good, it's sharp. Uh, it's a good group and obviously the little bit of success that we had uh, has made it a better place to come. Everybody wants to be here, everybody wants to be involved, everybody, everybody wants to be successful for their country and I think that's a great place to be. He's not gallus, he's understated, no. isn't it? The little success we've had, 23 years of misery yeah. out the window, we've got a tournament. And, and also, so Chris has talked about his man management and, and, and his coaching style, and Chris obviously worked on him for a couple of years at Kelly, so he knows. But I've socialised with, with, with Steve Clark a couple of times, played golf with him. Yeah. He's, he's great company. He's got a really good mm-hmm. sense of humour. And I know he comes across, he's very, you know, but in front of the media, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, business face on, mm-hmm. it's business. But see, so take away from that, you know, he's... He is good. I really enjoy he, yeah. his company. He can switch off. He can talk about other things. He's not, you know, football. So yeah, I get it. And you look at his record at Kilmarnock. It was absolutely it's outstanding. And, and I always thought I covered a lot of Kilmarnock games in that period, Chris. I remember the kind of four-two-three-one. You know, P- Power and Dicky would be mm-hmm. the base of the, the midfield. You'd have two flying fullbacks, O'Donnell and Taylor. You'd have yourself or Kelty or McKenzie, and and then you'd maybe have um, Brophy and, yep. and and Boyd doing whatever they they were going to do, but. I thought people say, oh, they won the great to watch and they ground it a lot of results. But I thought that was really unfair. I thought that Kelly team were really entertaining. Yeah, no, we were in times. I think we were a counter-attacking team. You know, there was times and he always said that the team can have possession, but what do they do with the possession that, that counts if we just make sure they're not productive with it? Um, it's what we do with maybe the 30% possession that we have or the 35 or 40% of possession that we have, what can we do with it? And as you said, rightly so, when we had that percentage of possession, albeit maybe a bit less in opposition, we were still constructive with it. We still looked like a threat. We still had attacking players and that all comes from training sessions. You know, it's set up, you know, defensively, how are you out of possession? But then how can you attack as soon as you win the ball back? And you're right in saying we had a a good group as well. You know, he didn't hear it a good group and that... And I have to say that is obviously credit to the to the to the manager before that um, with Lee McCulloch. He 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 got myself. He got Kurt Broadfoot. He got O'Donnell. Um, I'm sure he signed Stuart Eamon, Finley again. Is that who signed? He yeah. got Eamon Brophy. Wow. So you yeah. know. He, Credit has to be to Lee yeah. McCulloch as well. A lot of people maybe forget about that, but Absolutely. in the same turn, um, when Steve Clark took over, the, these players, he still has to get them performing to that level because fifth and then even equaling that to third to get Kamarnock into Europe from being at bottom of the league. Everybody was writing us off. I think we had one point, one or yeah. two points yep. at that time. Okay. Oh, just on, I know it's Scotland, just uh, know what to take my way from the national team, but you've played for Rangers, you've been involved, the mentality, what's required to be a winner. At Rangers Celtic looking from that if, if Celtic wanted Steve Clark could he go and handle that pressure and be a success at Celtic undoubtedly yes um, I probably hate me saying this but I'm, I'm very surprised that he's not been in or talked about in the running for Celtic manager for me if I was to pick the next Celtic manager it would either be John Kennedy or Steve Clark just because John Kennedy has been there. Why would you put somebody through all that education? Um, he knows the club inside out. Brendan Rodgers speaks so highly of him. Um, and then you've got Steve Clark, who knows this league. He knows the players. He's coaching some Celtic players just now. Um, but whether he wants it and wants to continue to see success for Scotland, but definitely I think they should be contacting him. 
you would say Steve Clark ahead of a Roy Keane or Eddie Howe or well, Enzo Maresca. I'm obviously biased. Yeah, well, you know. Um, yeah. But I can only go what I've I've not been. No, but you know what's required. You've yeah, been I know what's required. Years. You know what's required know. to be a success. Steve Clark can handle any sort of pressure. I think he's showed in the past. Um, he can handle media. He can handle fans. He can handle when people are against him. He likes when he's tough first to the Scotland role. Everybody. Mm-hmm. We're probably not very happy yep. with it. We weren't getting the results as what people were expected, but did it look as if it bothered them? No, not at all. Let's hear from his captain then, Andy Robertson, on the opposition tonight. We know their qualities. We've watched them, been in meetings all week and seen videos of them and they're a very good team. Full of quality. Obviously there was talk about will their full team come, will they not? But they've all travelled, so we're playing against their strongest team and we'll need to be at our best to beat them. But if we are, then we definitely can cause them problems, we believe, and you know, hopefully then we can take our chances. But it's also about trying to keep them out the other end and, and trying to build on last year where we kept quite a lot of clean sheets because that's key to winning games. And that's what that's what we need to do in this campaign to, to get anywhere where we want to be. And final word with the manager, Steve Clark, about the loyalty. But he's mixed it up a little bit tonight. That's my job. I have to get the balance right. Uh, I think you see with the, the squad that I picked for this game, there, there is a loyalty to the boys that did well for us, but there's also the chance for other people to come into the squad and impress. And if you do that, everybody should be on their toes going forward. Mark, minute left. How are you feeling about it now? You still think... 2-1 Scotland 2-1 Scotland <laughs> yeah, yeah I've changed my mind Why you've not? nearly two gone with Howie Howie was 2-0 2-1 Scotland yeah. great after Chris. Bob giving me a talking to I'm going to go 1-0 Scotland and we're going to get 9 points <laughs> <laughs> Denmark is late in the game they're 2 up on Israel and uh, you know we've got Israel at the weekend and they know us inside yeah. out and the same for us with them yeah, yeah look Paul I don't know how we manage it but we need to be sitting next Wednesday night with 7 points out of 9 that'll give us a right good chance Great. Tomorrow night, we'll be here with Barry Ferguson, the former Scotland manager and the Peterhead legend. He hates when I give Barry's thing, but he's, you know, and social media guru, Cy Ferry, will be here. Chris, great to see you back in. I'm glad um, to be I'm back, going guys. to say keep on winning, but, um, you so. know, it's, uh, we've got Hamilton there, we've got Ross County. Just stay up. Stay up. Yeah. I'll, I'll try my best. Don't worry about that. Chris, thanks very much. We'll see you soon tonight. Uh, good luck to Scotland. We're back tomorrow at five. The Go Radio Football Show Talking football first Listen live weeknights from 5 Feel the heat of the game The crunching tackles The near misses and diving headers Feel the drive from the sidelines Feel the passion of your captain Feel the celebrations Feel the last minute heartache And the penalty save That changes everything Feel the heat of the game From the comfort of your own home With OPC Energy Limited For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns renewable energy and more visit opc-ltd.uk